Hey guys, it's Chandler Morrison from the SCTM Preps Podcast. I am so excited to tell you about our new show on the SCTM Preps Network. It's called Playoffology with me, John Boston, and Will Frizzell. Listen, it's going to be a great show. We're going to talk about the playoffs. Playoffs? What are you talking about the playoffs? We can't even win a game. Listen, we're going to talk about the playoffs, where your team is going to be, where they're going to be at home, on the road, how far they're going into the playoffs, maybe a state championship run for some teams. Listen, you're going to love it. It's called Playoffology every Tuesday on social media and on the SETM Preps Network podcast. You can find it wherever podcasts are found. You can find it on social media, setmpreps.com slash Facebook, on IGTV. We'll have that on there too. And on our YouTube channel, SETM Preps. This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. Welcome in this week. It is SETN Preps. I'm Chris Goforth. He is Chandler Morrison. And we are so glad you could be with us this week as it is time for us to take a look back as we do every Monday at high school football. We're going to highlight five games today and then we'll get to our Friday night reveals. We'll tell you what we learned on Friday night uh, after another week of high school football. What are we now, Chandler? Are we heading into, was that week seven we just wrapped up? Lucky number seven, Chris. God. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, uh, you know, we talk about it all the time. The fact that this season tends to move really fast. Like we wait and we wait and there's all this anticipation to get the season going. And then when the season gets started, we absolutely just fly right through it, it feels like. So, um, you know, we. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, it's kind of like when we, when they talk about it, it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you turn right <laughs> back around. I mean, it's it's it just goes both by so fast. Yeah, I've told people before. I feel like we spend three hundred and fifty five days <laughs> waiting on ten days. Right? I mean, that's that's kind of the way it that's kind of the way it feels with the ten game regular season. All right, well, let's go ahead. Let's hop into it. Let's talk about some of the games from Friday night. Let's go Baylor and Macaulay. Uh, that was the game that I was at Friday night. That was our uh, our Friday night rivals game that you heard on the CW Chattanooga, and that was a um, look. Macaulay came out from the get go, and they're just a better team. Don't don't make any mistake about it. Macaulay's the better team in this matchup between the two, and and Macaulay's well coached. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They don't make a lot of stupid penalties, and they've got players who just execute. William Riddle, their quarterback. Fantastic. 13 out of 15, 192 yards. He threw four touchdowns. McCauley has now won five straight in the series. Baylor fell behind. They dug themselves into a hole that they could never climb out of. And then Chandler, McCauley didn't take their foot off the gas either. What happened in the second half of that game, McCauley went and started handing the ball off to B.J. Harris, and they just chewed up clock, kept picking up first downs, and Baylor needed a stop and, and couldn't get one in order to be able to get the ball back to try to make it closer. But good win for McCauley, and this answers that debate you and I have been having now over the course of this year about which one of those two teams were the better. Yeah, and, and Chris, you know, McCauley was just dominant in this game. Uh, and it, it, I'll say what I said before, and I can't remember if it was the show that I had John on or if it was one that you were on, but I think McCauley may be the better team, maybe better this year than what they were last year. Um, and I think that's hard to say. It's hard to swallow. But I think the consistency this year is not what it was last year. Um, to me, it feels like Macaulay may be a better team, but they're not as consistent as they were last year. And let me say this. 
they're still pretty good when they're inconsistent, Chris. I, I got to say this, and I think that's something that should be said. Uh, but I, I think McCauley may be a better team than they were last year. Uh, Baylor just couldn't seem to pull it, pull it all together. McCauley defense is, I believe, I, I don't want to say underrated, Chris, but it almost feels like we're not talking about that defense enough. I think that right now it's Brentwood Academy, it's McCauley, and it's everybody else right now until proven wrong, uh, until proven otherwise. Uh, I think when you look across the landscape of the state, Baylor's not top three, probably top ten, but you know overall, not just talking about Division two or whatever, but but still, I mean that that just shows you the gap that McCauley and Brentwood Academy I think have with everybody else, and it kind of feels like uh, I can't I think it was Infinity Wars uh, in in Marvel. I'm bringing out a reference here, Chris. That I don't know if you watched that movie or not, but uh, it, it kind of felt like like that moment where it's like, well, what did it cost, right? We don't know what this is going to cost because they had quite a bit of injuries. Friday night. I don't know the state of those injuries, but it's kind of like you look at that and they ask Thanos, well, what did it cost? What did it cost? And, you know, it cost everything. You know, I don't know. I don't know that that's the case, but uh, I'm curious to see how these injuries line up for McCauley. Yeah, Eric Rivers of McCauley, he left that game with an injury and we didn't see him in the second half. Elijah Howard Mm -hmm. of Baylor, he left with an injury too, but now Howard came back in the second half and played. Phil Massey said Mm -hmm. we wouldn't see him in the second half, and we did. So we'll see. I I think Elijah Howard's going to be fine. Big question for uh, McCauley's going to be how Eric Rivers is because he's that guy that, you know, is kind of the compliment. He's the 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 second part of that one two punch with uh, with B J Harris so we'll see how that uh, hopefully the young man's okay and and he'll be good yeah. to go this week but um, he is a big loss he plays a little wide receiver he can play a little running back they're always finding ways to get him the ball he's their main return guy for kickoffs and punts so Eric Rivers wears a lot of hats he plays some defense too so he's a guy that wears a lot of hats at uh, at Macaulay. Let's move on to the other big rivalry game this week, Bradley and Cleveland. Javon Burke, 236 yards rushing in a 42-25 to win for Bradley. They're now 5-1 and on the year as a team. We talk about Burke having 236 yards. Bradley is a team 374. They had 69 offensive plays, 59 were running plays. And when you're moving the ball the way Bradley was Friday night on the ground, there's really no reason to throw it. They had three turnovers for Cleveland. It's a good win for Bradley. I think this is a good team. I've thought it was a good team all year. I know they've you talk about a team that's had some losses now. They lost a, you know, one of the best wide receivers, maybe the top rated uh wide receiver in the state of Tennessee from a college prospect standpoint before the season. They lost their their quarterback, Javin Burke, who's the brother of Javon, and uh, they lost him back in week one. And give these guys credit, man. They, they've had, you talk about next man up and guys stepping up. That's exactly what you're seeing at Bradley is just a bunch of guys stepping up. You know, I really wasn't surprised to see this score, Chris. Uh, you know, I think Cleveland just wasn't ready for the task of playing Bradley Central. Um, I still think Men County and, and Bradley Central are right there in that ballpark with Maryville. You, you know, and, and Chris, here's the thing. I think all we can say right now and all we can figure right now is that they're in the ballpark. That doesn't mean that if they get in the ballpark, they're not going to lose by a big score, Chris. But I think they are in the same ballpark with Maryville. They're at least going to get to play the game. Uh, to me, Bradley just had the better athletes. They executed better with those athletes. And really, when it comes down to it, we talk about this all the time in rivalries, Chris. You can have the best game plan. You can have this. You can have that. You have to throw all that out when it comes down to the game. It's 
who can execute better. And a lot of times, it, if, if both teams are executed, it comes down to who has the better athletes that execute, Chris. And, and that's what a rivalry game comes down to. And I think that's what it came down to in this one. I, I was walked away really impressed with, with Bradley um, and, and what they were able to do in this game. I was a little bit impressed with Cleveland being able to kind of score late there. It just wasn't enough. To, to win this game, uh, but I, I came away very, very impressed with Bradley Central. Let's go to another rivalry, Marion County and Bledsoe County, little old school Sequatchie Valley rivalry going on between these two, a 17-0 shutout win on the road for Bledsoe County. Chandler, I know it's not official, but short of just an absolute and total collapse at some point, this was the region championship game for Bledsoe. They've, they've beat Tyner, they've beat Marion, I don't see anybody left that's going to pose much of a challenge for them in that region. So congratulations to Bledsoe County. They're going to be a, a region champ and a, and a number one seed going into the, the postseason. Marion County playing their first game in 27 days, that's not an excuse. Both of these teams had chances to take the lead back in the first half. Marion had a couple of opportunities. They just couldn't convert. They couldn't get it in the end zone. And Bledsoe County might not have been necessarily the prettiest of wins for Coach Dwayne Tabor, but he's going to take it, and Bledsoe County gets the win, and uh, it's a big one for them. Yeah, and this was closer than we anticipated. You know, I'm not completely sold on Bledsoe County at the moment, Chris. I, I know that I was the first one to kind of hop on this bandwagon and say that, hey, I think they might be legit. Uh, to me, that Tyner was a win. It was an emotional game because of all the streaks going into that, because of what Bledsoe County had kind of gone up against up to that game. Uh, I think Tyner is very one-dimensional, more so than in the past. I think when you have Mary, a Marion County team that hasn't played in a few weeks, you can't make that an excuse. I think because it evens itself out, Chris, because IQ-wise, you were able to study for one opponent for maybe two or three weeks because you knew what was coming. And But two, you're also getting acclimated to playing yet again. You know, Like I said, uh, there's no excuse because you do have the time to prep IQ-wise. I think it evens itself out because you know the brains and the brawn come into play and one outweighs the other. It evens everything out. I think that you still have to get acclimated to not only getting in shape, but getting into football shape. Um, you know, I, I'm not ready to pump the brakes on Bledsoe. Don't don't get me wrong, but I'm still following the bandwagon, just staying in 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 in, in arm's reach, maybe because I think Bledsoe County is a great team. But as far as beyond the regular season, I'm just not sure. And and Chris, I, I want to tell you, I want to talk about this because we'll talk about this next week probably. Maybe I think this will be a good game to talk about as well. Uh, Bledsoe County is at Monterey next week. Um, and I think that will be a great matchup. And I think that may show us if these teams are legit. Because I think Monterey is, is, is a legitimate team. I think they're a legitimate force in 1A. Maybe this is the kind of test they need as they get toward the end of that season. But we'll talk about that one, I'm sure, later. Maybe even our ne- in our next episode, Chris. But, you know, I, I think Bledsoe County, we can slow the roll on it a little bit. But I don't think that, that roll stops completely catch my drift yeah you know i've seen enough of monterey over the years it's just hard for me to take them very seriously i mean i've seen i've seen monterey come in with with some pretty good teams and just get absolutely demolished by south pittsburgh before <laughs> Whittle, uh, last year <laughs> uh, and and Whitwell last year so yeah i don't uh, yeah yeah I, I can't i can't buy into the uh, good job by you to try to sell me on that game but no, I, I don't know that I can. Well, and I, I believe was it was it Tabor? Didn't he have a connection? Didn't he coach at Monterey at one point? I believe. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I you know, maybe it, it'll be a good test for them. You know, they lost that game last year, 
Uh, I, I think it was a pretty decent margin. They lost it. They lost it 26-7 last year. I think it'll be a good, if nothing else, it'll be a good measuring stick for them where they were last year at this point to where they are now at this point. I, I'm not, like I said, I, I'm kind of iffy on Monterey too, but you know, it seems this year that they kind of have it together. Maybe, maybe they learned something from the Whitwell loss last year. Who knows? Next game we'll talk about is Ray County and Udawah. Ray County fumbled the ball four times Friday night, and they still found a way to win it, 28-10. to I didn't know this till I saw it in the paper. Ray County's defense this year has 12 interceptions on the season. Wow. They used two freshman running backs in this game, Ethan Davis and Caleb Martin. Uh, they both had good nights. Senior Dal- uh, Dalton Hampton, he was impressive with 138 yards. Udawa actually jumped out. They led in this game as late as like 5.48 to go in the third quarter. And then Udawa did all their damage basically from about the last three and a half minutes or four minutes, I guess, of the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter is really the point in the game that they kind of dominated and, and kind of took over. I feel like, you know, maybe maybe Ray's got a little bit more depth right now than uh, than what Udawa does, especially of guys with, with actual playing experience. Right now, I, I kind of feel like Ray County may have uh, a little bit of an edge there over some teams, and, and I think that showed Friday night against Udawa. The thing about this one is, you know, I don't think I underestimated Ray County in this game. I thought that they they would win this game. I thought it'd be a pretty decent game. Uh, you know, this is a classic kind of game for them, just to show you that the cardiac eagle spirit is still around. They they don't score. Uh, I, I think they were down at ten zero at, at one point in the third quarter. They had nobody yeah. scored in the first half. They were downtown O there in the third quarter, and they score 28 straight points to win this game. Let me say it again, 28 unanswered points to win this game, Ray County. I think this is a good team. My concern, Chris, is the defense is great, and it's going to keep you in games, but how late can you wait for that offense to get rolling? That's the big thing because with Ray County, we're not concerned about them getting in the playoffs. Remember, they're only in a four-team district. We're not. Even, I think I don't even think at this point we're concerned about them having to go on the road the first round. I think what the problem here is is we need to see if they can get that offense rolling sooner against stiffer defenses because I think when that five A competition comes in the playoffs, that's going to be their kryptonite is not being able to score enough in the game, but especially waiting too late to start scoring. Ray County Red Bank this week. That's one of the games we'll be talking about uh, in our preview show that will drop on Thursday here on SETN Preps. Howard and Central on Friday night. Central again jumped out to a big lead, kind of like Udawa. They jumped out to a lead, and then they couldn't hold on. Howard improves now. They're three and three overall. Howard's one and one in region play. Um, Not a look. Two teams that are kind of middling right now, uh, frankly. Not always a game that we're going to to talk a, a lot about on uh, on SETN preps because you know we try to highlight what we think are some of the best or maybe some of the more important games from around the area. But I did want to mention this one uh, today, Chandler, because I feel like it was a good win for Tyner. Uh, I mean, for uh, for Howard to be able to jump out and get this win, not only to get to back to five hundred in the on the year, but to get to one and one and five hundred in region play. Yeah, I came away a little bit impressed with Howard. Uh, I think Howard is locked in a playoff spot at this point. Now, whether it's the third seed, whether it's the fourth seed, it's irrelevant right now. I think that they, with this win, have kind of locked in a playoff spot because, you know, I, I think Sequoia's down there at the bottom, Hickson's down there at the bottom. Chattanooga Central, it looks like they're meandering right over those two. You have East Ridge, 
Anderson County and East Hamilton all in the playoffs, I, I think. Uh, I think it's going to come down to what they can do with that with that East Ridge game. Um, you know, and, and honestly, for Central, I think this was an important game for them to win since they were in it because I think it's going to be, you know, you talk about playoffs, you know, and listen, this is this is not a plan, shameless plug. Well, maybe it is, but we're going to have playoffology after this coming week, so you tune into that. But we're going to be talking a lot more about that kind of stuff where if this team beats this team, if this team beats this team, this is what we're looking at, this is who we're projecting. But I think this was an important game for playoff seeding, mainly because now Central has to fight the rest of the season. Howard, do they have to fight? Yeah, but they're not having to fight as hard to make the playoffs. They're just fighting at this point to, to maybe get a, third, a three seed so that they can go on the road against maybe a two seed, maybe have a better chance, you know. Uh, with Central, it's it's the fight for their lives. With Howard, it's the fight for a better season. Do you ever feel like your voice isn't heard when you're listening to a podcast? You want to yell, you want to scream, or you just want to tell us that we're doing a good job or maybe we might actually be right? Imagine that. Then go to anchor.fm, you can go on the app, you can go on the website, you can go right on your phone on the browser, and you can record a voice message. That's right, you can let your voice be heard on the SETN Preps podcast. Just go to anchor.fm and go to our page, SETN Preps, and you can leave a voice message and tell us what you think. Hey guys, it's Chandler Morrison from the SCTM Preps Podcast. I am so excited to tell you about our new show on the SCTM Preps Network. It's called Playoffology with me, John Boston, and Will Frizzell. Listen, it's going to be a great show. We're going to talk about the playoffs. Playoffs? What are you talking about the playoffs? We can't even win a game. Listen, we're going to talk about the playoffs, where your team is going to be, where they're going to be at home, on the road, how far they're going into the playoffs, maybe a state championship run for some teams. Listen, you're going to love it. It's called Playoffology every Tuesday on social media and on the SETM Preps Network podcast. You can find it wherever podcasts are found. You can find it on social media, setmpreps.com slash Facebook, on IGTV. We'll have that on there too. And on our YouTube channel, SETM Preps. our Friday night reveals. This is we do this every Monday. It's where Chandler and I reveal to you kind of what we learned on uh, on Friday night. A couple things, Chandler. One, I think we can end the talk about who's better now between Baylor and Macaulay. I, I'd like to see these two teams meet up again in the playoffs, but right now, I just think not only is Macaulay a better team, I think Macaulay is a much better team right now. I think the long layoffs hurt some teams. Marion County was off 27 days and lost. Red Bank struggled early after two weeks off against Sweetwater. Red Bank was able to rally, though, overcome Sweetwater, get the win. Marion County taking on a much tougher opponent in Bledsoe County, not able to do that. Congrats to Sale Creek. and Chandler, I know they're going to be one of your reveals as well, but they're going to the playoffs for the third straight year. They beat Whitwell Friday in three overtimes. I thought that was huge this week. And then maybe my biggest reveal Friday night is this. Not that I didn't already know this, but I think the point got driven home. Loudon and Anderson County. Look, we can talk about how much 
we like Red Bank and how much we like East Hamilton and how good we think those teams are and and how they're you know we think they're poised for deep playoff runs and all that sort of stuff. At the end of the day, Loudon and Anderson County are still the teams that you're going to have to deal with in 3A and 4A. I want to see Red Bank and East Ham get by them, but it's going to be a dogfight when they get together. And uh, those are games that I'm I'm really looking forward to. And the best part of it is those are the games that are coming up down the stretch, uh, down these last couple of weeks of the season where we're going to be able to talk about a Loudon Red Bank matchup and an Anderson County East Hamilton matchup. So I'm looking forward to those. That's what was revealed to me Friday night, Chandler. How about you? Yeah, and, and Chris, by the way, if you want to hear more about those games, i got to tell you, we're going to be talking about those as much as we can. We're going to be talking about it on this show. We'll probably end up talking about those games on Playoffology, of course, with me. And it looks like John and Will are both going to be on the show, so that's going to be great. Um, and uh, I'll start with what you had mentioned while ago since you, uh, you know, um, talked about Cell Creek. Uh, Cell Creek plays and wins in its first overtime game in the history of the school. Um, to my knowledge, to, to my records, I've looked back. I've not seen another overtime game that they have played in, Chris. But they win their first overtime game in the history of the school. So if there's anybody out there at Cell Creek that wants to refute that, please refute that. But that's to my records of what I can find all the way back to the history of this program, which started in 2011. Um, on that same note, Whitwell uh, played in its first triple overtime game since 1987, and that year – Interestingly enough, Chris, they played in two triple overtime games. They also played in another overtime game that season. They had three overtime games in that 1987 season. Did they not um, play triple overtime against South Pittsburgh in the playoffs? Two Was it two years ago? Was that not a triple overtime game, or was that just a, uh, was that just it was a two overtime? overtime okay, uh, okay. Yeah, because right. I, know, I, know, I know Steve uh, Dafford over at uh, – Whitwell Tiger football history. Shout out to him and all the great work he does. I reached out to him before the show, and he told me that that was 1987 was the last time they had won. And uh, let's see, they actually in that they actually won both of those three overtime games. Wow. So, yeah, that's uh, and, and get this, Chris. I, I want to throw something else at you. Those two games were against Marion County, against South Pittsburgh, and uh, that other overtime game was against Copper Basin. So. That is some weird, you know, you know, they play each other a lot, but that is some, you know, some cool, cool stats there. I thought anyway, maybe you don't think they're so cool, but anyway. No, no, that's, um, that's great stuff. That's great stuff. So uh, this year, the mother, one of my second reveal is that this year hasn't been a year for rivalries. Um, the biggest rivalries in our area, I think the four biggest in my mind are Baylor McCauley, Bradley Central Cleveland, Marion County, South Pittsburgh, and Sequatchie County, Bledsoe County. Those four games this year have either been blowouts. Or they didn't get played. Or or they didn't get played at all. Yeah. And so if you're a fan of rivalries, and I know you, you do the Friday Night Rivals, Chris. If you're a fan of rivalries, this year has not been the year for you because, you know, you, you say you can throw everything out of, the, out of the book. Well, it didn't seem like they had to reach too far. These teams didn't have to reach too far to try to get a win in those, uh, my third one, Chris. Anything on that? Is you? Do you have anything on the rivalries? By the way, no. You're you're 100 percent right about it. I mean, I, I did think Baylor McCauley was pretty entertaining Friday night. It's not like I got bored watching it, but I mean, it yeah. was clear pretty early on that you know McCauley was the better team. Yeah, and Chris, here's the thing. Like, I like 
rivalries. I, I think a lot of time, Chris, um, a lot of times, like the ESPN high school games, I'm not a big fan of them. I know people like them. I'm not a big fan of them. The reason I'm not a big fan of them is because they try to pick them because of the prospects instead of the quality of, of what the quality of the Agreed. game is. Now, I know, you, I, need, I know you need your recruits on there. I know you need ratings on there. I get that. But a lot of times those games just tend to be a, a showcase for two or three athletes that, you know, are going to college or whatever. And that's great. That's great they get that showcase. But they end up usually being either blowouts. Uh, usually they're not games that end up in, in being an overtime game or a close down to the wire comes down to the last play kind of game uh, or down to the last drive at least kind of game. And, and that's what that's what really gets me about those games. That's what I really kind of uh, don't like about them. I mean, I agree with you 100% on the ESPN games. And as far yeah. as our rivalries here, um, I agree. Those are the, the four biggest in, in my opinion as well. Um, you know, I've seen two of them. Uh, I saw the Bledsoe County, Sequatchie County game, and then Baylor McCauley in back to back weeks. And yeah, you're right. I mean, the, you know, I thought Bledsoe kind of took the drama uh, out of that game with Sequatchie County pretty early uh, last week, and really then early. or two weeks ago, and now you know this past Friday night, McCauley did the same. I thought Baylor put up a valiant fight. All right, they they tried to make a game of it in that second half. The problem was when McCauley got up and they had the lead, they just turned around and started handing the ball off to B.J. Harris, and he was getting three, four, five yards a clip, and, you know, he was getting a first down every two or three carries, and there was nothing that Baylor could do. I mean, they just, you know, McCauley just ate up clock at that point. So, so no, I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, and, and listen, I, I've worked at ESPN. I, I know how they pick those games. I know how they kind of look at those games, and it's usually about the blue chip prospects. I'm just not a fan of them because – I want to see better games. I think they could pick a lot better games, but it wouldn't have as many prospects. Maybe you wouldn't have as near ratings, but I think they would be better in the future. Anyway, that's that's me. That's on my soapbox. I'm going to get off of it and let you take it off, take it over later. I still can't get a grip. This is my third one. I still can't get a grip on Copper Basin. They beat Lookout Valley 21-0. I know that's you know you shut them out, whatever. Lookout Valley is is a good team. Don't get me wrong, but you know I, I just think that Copper Basin, if they want to be taken seriously, needs to. Beat those teams. You want to see a mercy rule. Let's be honest. When you're yeah. playing a team like a Lookout Valley who's going to finish, you know, third or fourth in that region, you want to see somebody, you want to see a mercy rule. You want to see a team that you think has a chance of being a region contender or a state title contender to come in there and step on somebody's throat and, mm-hmm. and mercy rule them. That didn't happen. Yeah, and, and here's the thing about it, Chris, is when you, when you talk about those kind of things, it's, you know, we talked about, I think I've talked about it several times on the show, when you look at, like, the back in the day, the Boise State and the TCU before they were in the Big 12 and all these other small schools, they have to blow everybody out every week or they lose their relevance. That's right. I think that's what you have to do when you have a weaker schedule. Now, I'm not comparing this to, you know, because this is high school football is a little different, especially even in 1A, because you've got South Pittsburgh in your reason, but you're not playing until the end of the season. You have, you know, when you're Copper Basin, you have one or two games that all eyes are on you, and then the rest of the games, if you don't blow them out, the eyes, you know, you lose your relevance real, real quick. And I think for me, you know, I think that matchup with South Pittsburgh, I, right now, if you ask me right now, would, would they have a chance in that game? I don't think they would. Uh, nine times out, nine, nine times out of ten, they're going to lose that game right now. You know, maybe as they go, season goes on, they play a little bit better, they start clicking, I could change that possibly, but that's what I see right now. You know, I want to see what Copper Basin could accomplish, but you got to drub teams that you're supposed to drub. That's right. You got anything else, Chandler, before we get out of here? I do not. I, I just it, it was a pretty good week. It was a pretty good. You get a triple overtime game. You get some close games. You get some comfort behind wins. I mean, this past week, 
you know, maybe we didn't expect it coming in, but it ended up being a really, really good week, uh, even if the rivalries didn't play out the way we wanted them to, Chris. And um, I, I'm just, I was kind of, I kind of walked away impressed with some teams this week, but I came away impressed with the with the play more than anything because I thought there were some really, really good and close games played this past week. All right, we'll be back with you on Thursday. We'll be looking ahead to the games coming up this Friday night. We've got Ray County uh, taking on Red Bank. We have got South Pittsburgh and Meigs County coming up this week, so there's some good games on the docket for Friday night. We hope you'll be with us. That's coming out on Thursday. Check us out on Twitter, at SETN Preps. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast. If you're on uh, Apple Podcast, we certainly appreciate your five-star ratings. That's going to do it for us. He's Chandler. I'm Chris. We'll see you on Thursday. Do you ever feel like your voice isn't heard when you're listening to a podcast? You want to yell, you want to scream, or you just want to tell us that we're doing a good job or maybe we might actually be right? Imagine that. Then go to anchor.fm. You can go on the app. You can go on the website. You can go right on your phone on the browser and you can record a voice message. That's right. You can let your voice be heard on the SETN Preps podcast. Just go to anchor.fm and go to our page, SETN Preps, and you can leave a voice message and tell us what you think.